0: Much for weeding uh, and Lord's Supper, and the men. I've been having uh, these back spasms, and boy, that would be uh, not a pretty sight if I was serving communion and then I uh, had one and then went forward onto the ground. That would be the communion no one would ever forget. And <laughs> see that one too. You remember that? <laughs> that was the hip issue, I think. So, uh, (laughs) I just love seeing our men there. I could step aside no one would even miss me in that grave. Let's uh, dismiss our children to their classes and shall we pray? Father, thank you so much for this day. Thanks for your grace and goodness to us. You're so kind to us. We love you so. Thank you for the more sure word of prophecy, the word of God. Thank you, Lord. It's a sword. and Thank you, Lord, that... uh, Uh, It teaches us of you. Oh, the seed of the woman, the blessed one, the son of David, our Lord. Born in the city of David, Christ the Lord, a Savior. Thank you, Lord, for the second Adam, who fulfilled everything that the first Adam failed. And Thank you, Lord, that our righteousness is in Christ alone, not in anything of us whatsoever. And so thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the sweet, sweet fellowship of Christians, we call it, the fellowship of the saints. We're so grateful, Lord, and thankful for the encouragement. Like iron sharpening iron, we sharpen each other, we encourage each other. Uh, as the days pass, and boy, do they pass quickly. Wow, it's amazing. Now a brand new month. May is gone forever. And another month, Lord, to serve you, to walk by faith. Lord, we grieve with those that grieve, and this week with the gardeners. We, we suffer for them with the loss their loss of Linda and uh, we have every hope that she's in glory absent from the body, present with the Lord and we think of Dawn McMillan and, and their family with Steve uh, and his uh, going on, on Monday, Father we're surprised by that as well, but you weren't and so Lord, thank you for the gospel thank you, Lord, that uh, That though a man uh, dies in Christ, yet shall he live, the Bible says. Eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you. Encourage them, comfort hearts, give grace. Thank you so much for Nancy and Joe that they could be here today. And we pray for Nancy. Continue healing for her and grace with the chemo. And uh, thank you, Lord. There's such a joy and blessing. We love them so. And we ask your blessing upon them. Continue to be, Lord, with Susan strengthen her heart having lost Jim to heaven. We pray for her and just want to remember to pray for one another, Lord. We do. Thank you so much. Lead us forward as a church. You know your timing for building and all. We lay that at your feet. Allow us to establish a beachhead for the gospel in that growing area. Well oh, we pray for young families and singles and folks that we don't even know yet. That you'll reach through the ministry of the gospel there in that community. We pray for that, Lord, and pray that it be a thriving gospel work that will reach and touch our world to make a difference. That's what we want to do. We want to make a difference. We want to give ourselves to something that counts forever. We yearn for that, and so we ask your favor. Now May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us, establish the work of our hands, sanctify us, Lord, for those here that know not Jesus, may they come to know Christ. Them to know life is eternal life in Christ our Lord. Bless the word, teach it to us now in Christ's name. Amen. Take your Bible and turn to uh, Psalm eight. Psalm eight, and uh, like to like to read that. Psalm eight is uh, one of the glorious creation psalms uh, in the Bible. When you think of the creation psalm psalms, there are a number of them. The Psalm Uh, Nineteen: The heavens declare the glory of God; the skies proclaim the work of His hands. We think of that one. Uh, Another one is uh, Psalm 29. Have you studied that lately? The thunderstorm, and the the, the psalmist writes it with the storm that passes right over. The voice of the Lord, the thunder, the bolts, the lightning—God's voice in creation. Psalm 104 is another creation psalm. It touches on creation, talks about the flood. A wonderful psalm 104 but psalm 10, uh, Psalm 8 and that's our focus today is one of those uh, creation psalms it's a praise psalm and it's a messianic psalm all wrapped together jesus refers to this psalm when on the day of um, palm sunday the children are singing out glory to god hallelujah uh, maranatha they're singing psalm 118 uh, of the lord jesus and the and the pharisees want the Jesus silenced these children from singing such praise. They thought it blasphemous. And he points, right. have you never read, I love that in Matthew 20, have you never read, he says to the leaders of the the rabbis, uh, of the Jewish people there, have you never read? They memorized all the rabbinical writings in the Old Testament. Have you never read that it was said? And he quotes this psalm here, actually Psalm 2, out of the mouth of babes in singing. It always reminds me how much the Lord must certainly love Sunday school and children's ministries and uh, children singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And uh, the B-I-B-L-E and all these wonderful children's songs, you know, how the Lord loves them. He has ordained praises from children and, uh, and he delights in that. And he points right to the psalm and he says it, 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 it tells of him. This is him who David is writing of in Psalm 8. So it's a, a wonderful psalm. I've entitled the message, Man is Wonderfully More Than a Zero. You know, you might feel like you're a zero or less than a zero. You know, in the scope of things, philosophically, man disappears. He's a nothing. You're here and gone. That's it. Throw him in a hole. Bury him. Gone forever. God says, oh... We are small when you compare us to the things that God has made, but you are so much more than a zero, the significance and glory that God has given to you. And it's to to God's praise. And so Psalm 8, just these nine verses, look at verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, O Elohim, our Adonai, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory higher than the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you've established strength because of your enemies. To still the enemy and the avenger. <coughs> when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place, what, or if you like me, you go, what in the world is man? When you look at all this, what in the world is man that you're mindful of? Him, or the son of man that you care for him? Yet you've made him little lower than the heavenly beings, or did make him lack but little of God, if you will. Crowned him with glory and honor. You've given dominion over the works of his hands. You put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Whatever passes along the paths of the sea. And then he closes with the refrain of the beginning. O Lord, O Yahweh, our Adonai, how majestic is your name. In all the world. Man, wonderfully more than a zero. Have you ever been lost? I introduce this theme by saying, have you ever been lost? I mean, I've been lost. I've been lost in the woods. You know, that, uh, looking for the moss growing on the north and the west side. I don't know if that helped, but I was looking for that. I learned that in the Boy Scouts. You know, that's how you can find your way. I was lost in Toronto as a young boy at the uh, Toronto exhibition. That scared me. Uh, the, you ever been lost? How many have been lost before? Been lost somewhere? I don't mean driving, but yeah, I mean, we've all been lost driving, right? That does crack me up because we, we we, take the words of strangers. We'll pull over and say, hey, how do you get to here and there? We don't know them. We don't know if they're lying through their teeth, but we... we Go three lights, make a right, and there make a left, and there you are. That's what the guy said back there, you know. We don't, he might be laughing a storm when we drive away, thinking that guy will be even more lost. But uh, have you ever been lost? Well, it's that you get that dreaded feeling of being separated from loved ones. That's what I was in Toronto as a young boy, separated from my family up there. Or from a safe and familiar place. Our Bible tells us that men and women everywhere are born lost in should be disconnected from the Creator. That's what the Bible says. We look at the world, we go like, oh, it's a marvelous world. Then we go like, there's something dreadfully wrong. You know, kind of this major and minor key, the beauty of the major key in music and that, the minor key. The result being that man has no answers to the really big questions. We say this a lot, don't we? The big questions like, who am I? Who is God? What in the world am I supposed to be doing here? Where am I going? Those are the big questions of life. Not, I'm sorry to tell you, the big question is not what you're going to eat for lunch. You may be sitting there, that's the biggest question on my mind. When I'm going. That's not the big question. The big, who are you? Who is God? What am I supposed to be doing? And where am I going? Those are the big questions of life. And all people everywhere are born lost according to the scriptures. We're born lost, blind, Ephesians chapter 2, because of our trespasses. Uh, we inherit uh, our human natures from our parents, and they're tainted with a sin nature. And we're disconnected. Listen, I don't know if you ever thought about it. But man's major problem is, he doesn't have, it's not that he doesn't have enough money, or he's got a cranky personality, or he's got a pimple on his face. You know, you think of some of the issues, right? Man's biggest problem is relational. It's a relational problem. We have a, we we're, we're, it's a relational problem with our Creator, whom God has solved that through Christ. It's a relational problem that we bear horizontally uh, when we don't when, when when relationships aren't right, but it begins vertically uh, with our Lord. Well, the Bible alone tells it alone tells us who we are. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not the sum total of nature. Times nurture or plus nurture. I, I mean, the whole behavioral B.F. Skinner school says that's all that you are. That's it. I'm sorry, you're the sum total of what the gene pool that <laughs> that you got plus all the things that happened to you, and that's it. And when you're gone, you're gone. Well, there are people. There are many people that embrace that philosophy of life. Well, I'm, that's not what the Bible says. That doesn't really make you feel too good, does it? Because man's not responsible then. Hey, I'm not responsible. I'm a victim. Everybody's a victim. Victimism, right? No, no. That's, no, no. You're far more than that. You see? Nor are you a uh, uh, the, the, uh, cosmic accident. You may, you may feel like that. <laughs> there are days you may feel like that. You, uh, you really came from nowhere and you're not going anywhere and you shouldn't be here anyway. You know, like, oh my, here we are. You're at the top of the animal chain and wow, isn't that amazing? Wow. No? No, that's not really it, but rather, get this, you're the crown of God's creation. Now, you may feel thorny and not so much like a crown, but that's what the Bible says. You and I are the crown of God's creation, revealing his glory. There's the glory of man, but it reveals the glory of God ultimately, and Psalm 8 teaches us. Psalm 8 is a, a creation psalm, praising God. Was put his glory on display in the universe and in men and women. I'm going to use the word man. Don't be offended by that. When God made Adam and Eve, he called them man. Okay? I know today we're very sensitive on, on, uh, on language and all that, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a little clutter to say male, female all the time. Men and women, men and women. But if you allow me to say man in the generic sense of mankind, since God said male and female, man... You know, it makes it cleaner <laughs> verbally to say what I'm saying and you, you know what I'm saying well, the theme of the psalm is God's greatness and the place of man within God's creation essentially, men and women will never know who they are really until they're connected with God through Jesus Christ never know never know, lost stumbling about, what's it all about Elfie, have no idea I was thinking about the psalm the other, other week uh, when uh, I was looking at the stars. They were just so beautiful. Just so beautiful. They've just the, the clarity, the atmosphere, I'm not sure what it was. The, uh, the light pollution I could really see. And I thought like my, my, my mind went right back to David's psalm 8. Where in two realms of creation, God's glory shines forth. And it drew me to worship the Lord as this psalm does. Well, the first, uh, the first realm is creation. God, uh, the, the heavens display the surpassing glory of God. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name and all the earth you set your glory above. It doesn't, he's not talking spatially. He's saying you take all of the creation and then you measure that glory. you go like, whoa, look at it all. God's glory is greater than that. It's greater than that. That's what he is saying. It, 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 it shouts, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Well, A, David frames the beginning and the end of this psalm uh, by giving praise to the Lord. This is a way of saying everything that is begins and ends with God. It's uh, all about him. It's not about you. Not about me. It's all about him. From him, through him, and to him are all things. Romans 11. That's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, David calls God by his personal name. We've taught this many, many years. You know that. When it's all capital letters like that, you see, O Lord, Yah, that's the personal name of God. The writers in English are trying to show you that. From the Hebrew, we think it's pronounced Yahweh. There are no vowels in the original, but we think it's Yahweh. Uh, it was thought to be so holy that uh, it was changed, and uh, they made into a, a word called Jehovah. That's where the word Jehovah was. I know we sing Jehovah, Jireh, and Jehovah this, but Jehovah was a name that never was, really. Uh, that's a whole other discussion. We think the name really is pronounced Yahweh, and that's God's personal name. Like, you have a personal name. I have a personal name. And, uh, and yet he is our Lord, our Adonai, Lord, Master, Sovereign One. David tells us, as great as the glory of the whole universe is, God is even greater. He's greater than all of that, for he's the maker of it all. And the maker, right, is always greater than the object that's made, right? Think of the clock maker. You know, the old-fashioned cuckoo clock, and then making all they go, wow, look at that cuckoo clock. Faith and I have uh, stood there in the uh, uh, main place at uh, um, Munich and watched the Glockenspiel and uh, the 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 grand cuckoo clock up in the. It's unbelievable. We were there right at, at at I think what time was that? There It was six, and then all the mechanical and the carpentry and all the and the bells ringing, all that beautiful. That was wonder, The glory of that clock. Well the makers or maker of that clock is greater than that, right? And that's David's point here. The fact that God is the creator of it all. He's greater than that which he made. Think of your own watch. Most of you are wearing a watch in your hands. I read something the other week. God God makes the time. Man makes watches. I go, oh, that's not bad. There's a lot there, a whole philosophy. But, uh, you know, that's it. We picked up this watch somewhere overseas somewhere, I think I got it. And I go, I, I enjoy that, it's a nice dress watch. The maker of that is greater than this. It's just simply a, a, a cosmological, cosmo- the old cosmological argument, the greater of the maker of it, creator of it is greater. And uh, and that's God. Well, B, the heavens only provide us so with a partial display. God is greater than the greatness of the glory of heaven, but it's only a partial. The glory that is seen in them, Romans tells us, it it announces that God God is great. You look at you like, just like this, the maker. That must be. He's a genius. The maker of a glockenspiel, the maker of a car, the maker of an airplane heavier than air that can fly, is greater than the creator of the glory of the universe is greater than he, he is really there, he is really almighty, the power and glory, he's wise. Think of the, uh, the, the calendar and the, the constancy and the faithfulness of all that. As great as, as it is, it, it shouts glory to God, and yet it's only partial. It's only partial. It never tells us that the God of it is a God of love. You look at the moon all you want. You know, all the phases of it and see the red and the bloody moon and all that business. and you know, like, Hey, you know what? God must be a God of love. You never know him to be a God of grace. You see, those are partial, fully revealed in the later revelation of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, 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 the God-man. As great as it is, and it shouts glory to God, it is only partial. You look at the clouds all you want. We we enjoyed looking at some puffy ones. The puffy clouds, you know, the, the cum, cumulus clouds, and, and we go like you never say, look at that, like, wow, God is gracious. You never, never <laughs> even if it has the letters, PC, preach Christ, plant corn. No. You'll never know that, ever, ever. It's partial, as great as it is. And when you consider the vastness of the universe, it staggers the mind. It shouts glory to God, and it's ever expanding. Do you know that? The universe is expanding from the moment when God initially created it. Uh, Einstein proved that that it's expanding at rapid speeds, moving further and further and further apart. It's amazing and the the vastness of outer space, and the Earth is only a small planet in a relatively small solar system, toward the outer edge of the Milky Way. I used to use that old expression on the vastness of outer space, when we look at the stars, the Sun is 93 million miles away. 93 million, M million miles away, 93. So if you take a a million miles, right, as an inch, it's 93 inches, right? 93. You're like, okay, that's the Earth and the Sun. We're in the Sun. Yeah, The, the next closest star, next, I mean, we're talking number two. In inches, how far do you think that is? I mean, it, it staggers your mind, Is right well it should. In inches, it's the distance from Pittsburgh to Detroit. Have you ever driven that? There's a guy in the interstate, one inch, one million, two inches, three inches, second closest star. Pittsburgh, Detroit, you say, I don't like either city. I'm not going to either. It doesn't matter. From there to there, inches, one million mile an inch, is the next closest star. Now that ought to make you feel, you're probably not even st- inspired to t- stand up tall now. <laughs> like, wow. And we don't find life anywhere else, nowhere else, in all the universe. You see, if you have the wrong uh, cosmological uh, beginnings, that we shouldn't be here, and it's an amazing thing anyway, then certainly this, this phenomena of life on Earth has to have happened somewhere else reasonably right. No. We, we look desperately and find it nowhere else. In fact, we find nowhere else an abundance of water which is required for life as we know it in the sweet spot near a sun for heat where it's not too close and not too far away. And God made the earth and he put man in it and God creates the creation and it's glorious and it's vast and it's enormous and, uh, and he did it all for his glory. It's, uh, it's amazing. 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 Wow. Well, we're told that the Lord is delighted when we use our tongues to praise him in verse 2. That he ordains it in little children. Jesus loves me, this I know. And Jesus, I said, pointed to this verse when challenged by the Pharisees. Uh, Stop having the children praise you on Palm Sunday. He told them, it pointed to him, and if you follow it, uh, he, they, in fact, were his enemies. The, end, the latter part of the verse uh, on that, because they were not thinking the things of God. Uh, it just reminds me again, and I have on your sheet, again, we see that God delights in using the weak, the small, and the insufficient to confound the worldly wise. That's us. I mean, that's us. Not many wise, not many brilliant, not many wealthy, not many... Uh, we're, we're right at home here, folks. You know, right at home. God delights in using little children, right? In fact, that's how you get into heaven. You've got to be like a little child. Jesus told us that. And, uh, and so on. First Corinthians, I have the t- reference now, First Corinthians 1. You can check that later. And this means that unbiased, uncorrupted minds recognize God, His creation, without difficulty and give Him the glory to His name. Wow, that's amazing. How, let me ask you you can help me out here. What are some things in creation that, that you enjoy looking at that display in your heart praise and glory to God when you look at, think about in, in, in the creation itself? The Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon's in what way, John? How many of you have seen the Grand Canyon? Oh, quite a number of you. I, I heard someone else. What else in creation? Yes, Ron. Wildflowers, the flowers of the field. Remember Jesus, Matthew six, and, and they're beautiful in form and color and, and just amazing, aren't they? beautiful. I enjoy looking at that. What else do you see? Yes, yes, Beth, all the sunsets, are they not beautiful? Faith and I uh, still remember and refer to one down on Sanibel with your mom and dad, and everyone kind of gathers down there at Sanibel and Captiva, uh, and and it's all water in the Gulf, and the sun goes down. Oh, that was unbelievable. Beautiful sunset. Waterfalls are so beautiful. Just moving water, the sound of water. Water itself is so beautiful. We just take it for granted, you know. We hate it when it's in our basement, right? (laughs) But you can't have your coffee or your iced tea without it, right? Yes, Joni? Uh, Joni talks about the, uh, the human body and just the amazing systems and, and, the, uh, and the beauty and the organization. It is anything, it is anything but a happenstance, chance happening, the detail and the design. And uh, Taylor, I used to hear Mark talk about the teeth, the structure, the enamel, the just, every, it's just incredible. Just uh, an amazing, an amazing, the five senses, the hearing, I mean, uh, I was listening yesterday to an uh, expose on how anesthesia numbs the brain and causes the brain. The brain still receives information while you're out. There's a good thought, right? Still received, it still receives, but it doesn't connect. So it, you, it does hear, you do hear it when they're cutting you open, but it doesn't connect in, and they don't know why. They call it a black, one of the black boxes. But they're glad for that, and the, the design of that, in 1847 at Boston General Hospital, they were gonna do a surgery up there with all these surgeons, and the dentist came walking in, says, so told it, I can put the patient out. Now think of this, 1847, I mean, it was surgery before that without anesthesia. They were screaming and yelling and, and giving, you know, the bite on a bullet, you know, type thing. And uh, the, and he didn't believe it. And they he knocked him out with ether. Put on 1847. Think of how many years passed. I'll cut your leg off. You got an infection. You know, like holy cow. Wow. Wow. What else? So Cindy, creation. Creation above and below, above and below the water. Yeah, the marine life down below is so beautiful coral reefs, things that very few people ever see, and yet God is uh, pleased to create all that, and the beauty of the, the aquatic life, and the uh, coral, and the beauty of, it's so beautiful, so colorful. Yes, Susan? And they're beautiful. And we say the birds are singing, but they're just doing what God made them to do, but it sounds melodious, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Right. Yeah. It blows your mind. And it's right on course. And the earth is tipped at 23 and a half degree axis. And that creates the seasonal changes. You know, how many wish we were just Florida? Some of you don't, some of you hate Florida. You go like, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, ex- that's, that's exactly, exactly right. It's When you step back and you get the mega view, it blows your mind. That's wonderful. Well, you know, that's interesting because at uh, Hershey Park, I often wonder, you know, uh, are the wood uh, roller coasters as strong as the steel ones? They build those woodies there. You drive by, you see them there and they go, but you're saying that it's as good and they might give a little bit more. <laughs> you get more, more money for your ride, huh? Anything else? Creation, I know we could all go on and just marvel at. How about the sexes of male and female sex? Notice that it could be uh, it could be six sexes, right? Eight sexes, two male and female, Ish and Isha. Male, God made them male, and God made them female. Incredible. And then if you even look at uh, some of you, Joni uh, hitchhiking off the human body with conception. I mean, I've read different things like the the process of a woman and her whole egg system, delivering all that, and the very fact, it's almost inconceivable that, that c- a conception could even occur. But we know it's con- occurred, right? Here we are. And it's uh, filling the earth, six billion, whatever. So uh, it's amazing. The systems, the structure, the organism, amazing. God, to the glory of God. To the glory of God. That's the first realm. The second realm is on earth. On earth, man... Man, you and I, men and women, display the glory of God by our God-given glory. Uh, Though the theme of the psalm is God's greatness, the bulk of the psalm is about man. Men and women stand uniquely in God's created order. You must understand this or you'll never know your place in creation or in life. In verse 3 and 4, after having looked at the creation... Man almost disappears, as we understand it. Look at 3 and 4 again. When David says, and he's a shepherd boy, and he looked at the sky a lot at night, uh, I'm sure he's re- remembering that. When I look at your heavens, the yashim, the work of your fingers, God created it, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? Enos, man, Hebrew, that you are mindful of him, that you think of him as yet or the son of man, simply a poetic way of saying man, that you care for him. So God thinks about us, God cares about us, but it feels like man is completely and utterly insignificant. I understand that. I do. When you gaze at the evening sky, and see the glory of the heavens, and then you look at man, holy cow, we all but disappear. You know, the glory of the of the stars and the moon and the glory the even on earth, the creation, the oceans, the even some enormous creatures. You know, man almost disappears. And you think he has no significance. He's he must certainly be almost a zero, right? Zero. What is man that you are mindful of him? You know, I, I'm five foot ten. I always wanted to be about six four, you know. And when you stand up, I still stand up tall at the doctor's office. Let's get your get your height and measure your weight. You know that fun part when you go in, and uh, and so on. But uh, you know, stand up straight, stand up tall, especially when you get your driver's license. Right? They want to know all that business. And uh, but here. Uh, You know, stand up. When I look at the enormity of everything, I'm not even inspired to stand up at all. (laughs) i about about disappear. The heavens are filled with splendor and beauty and vastness. We We live in the Milky Way galaxy. Now get this, one of billions? That's billions. That's B. Don't get lost in the zeros. It's easy to do that. Millions, billions, and trillions. I mean, billions of Milky Way. Wow, we're just one of them. God has uh, given uh, human beings as mere specks in the vast universe a significance and honor he's given us above everything. And yet when we look out, wow. Well, the word, number two, the word in Hebrew for man, what is man? It's enos. It's a Hebrew word. There's several different words for uh for man in the Hebrew, you know, you think of uh, uh, Adam. Uh, Adam, the God created Adam. Um, and, and, of course, we, we think of Adam, Adam and Eve, Adam and Adamah. I, uh, another one is Ish, another Hebrew word, Ish and Isha, female. Uh, well, here it's Enos. What is man, Enos? And this is the word, right, uh, for uh, O oh weak one, O oh puny one. Uh, that's what we are. And I think I have it on your sheet. Yeah, uh, weak, puny, small, that's us. Not very tall, not very strong, not here very long. Is man a zero? Many think so, but not God. Job thinks this, uh, and he complains to God about that, and he had to repent from that. But did you ever read that in Job 7? Just keep your finger in some. Look at Job 7 in the midst of his trial. I love this section. Job complains to God that he makes too much of man. What are we? I mean, oh, watcher of man, of men. Look uh, Look at Job 7, verse 17 to the end. What is man, Job is talking to the Lord, what is man that you make so much of him, that you set your heart on him? You visit him every morning and test him every moment. How long... Will you not look away from me, nor leave me alone till I swallow my spit? Now remember he's suffering now. If I sin, what do I do to you, O watcher of mankind? Why have you made me your mark? Why have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I shall lie in the earth. You will seek me, but I will not be. He's going to die, or so he thought. Oh, you make too much of man, Job is saying. He complains to God about that. Yet we are told in three that, uh, that God thinks about us and he cares for us. Isn't that great? That you think of us and care for us. Remember that song not too long ago, uh, uh, You're Always on My Mind? Beautiful song, a romantic song, You're Always on My Mind. That's exactly it. Do you think there's ever a moment of day where you are not on God's heart and mind? But more than that, in the ups and downs and all around, He cares for us. We know that in so many places. He provided our Lord and Savior. He provides for us beyond salvation. He provides for our every worries, casting all your care upon Him. For He cares for you. Not only thinks about us, but He cares about us. Wow. Well, when you look at creation... You go stand before some of the huge mountains or the vast oceans or look into the outer space or below the sea level. You go like, what is man? We're so insignificant and small. But that's not the end of the story. For in B, for Man is given a dignity and an honor by God by may, being made in God's own image and likeness. The point is that man was made different from all the rest of creation. In Genesis 1, verse 26-27, there when God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into Adam the breath of life, and man, Adam, there became a living soul. Different from all the animal creation. We share our same environment and habitat, so we're air-breathing, warm-blooded, and have to live and function in this world, and we have bodies to do that, but man is more than that. Man, the, man has an immaterial part of him, a spirit and soul. And uh, in verse five, I want you to look at verse five. It's it's difficult in the Hebrew. Yet you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. Uh, Elohim is the word there, heavenly beings. I do not think it refers to angels. He's not talking about angels. He's comparing it with God and His glory. I think he's referring to God. I think, I think the uh, translators that try to understand this passage in talking about the glory of God in man is saying man is made lacking but little of God. I really think that's the translation there. You were made lacking but little of God. That is, though we're, we're finite, we're not infinite, we're mortal... Subject to death because of sin, um, yet we are made with personality. I don't mean with the way we typically refer to personality. Like, I like that person, they have a, they have a pleasant personality. Or that person is, he's, he, he is so mean, his personality is so mean, I don't like being with him. No, I'm talking about, philosophically, when they talk about elements of personality, we bear that likeness to God. In in that, elements of personality are cognitive skills that we think, we actually have a, we can actually think and have a plan, right? And think about what am I gonna do later today? What am I doing now? What am I thinking about? What am I thinking about this week? And have a plan and a schedule. And in that, make true choices. There there are limited choices for sure, creaturely choices for sure, but true choices. You know, we can even have choices of of self-denial for certain reasons. And we can have emotions. We laugh and we cry. You know, we can love. We can love great with great sacri- sacrifice as well. And uh, we have a self-consciousness. We we're aware what it is to be alive. And we and we think dead with dead not good, alive good. You know, your dogs don't think that way. You know, and your parakeets and the fish in your tank don't think that way. But you do, you're made in God's image and you're self-aware and and, and self. There's a dignity to to that. It's an astonishing dignity. When you look at all the creation, it gives glory to God. Then you look at the earth and there standing four, five, six feet or plus is man or woman standing on the surface of the earth. Made like the animals in material, that is the air-breathing, land-dwelling animals that we share. And yet he's more than that. And so God wants us to look up. Never forget that. We, may, we lack but little of God. The Bible calls us, in knowing who we are, to always look up. God could have said, you know, uh, that we, we are more than the animals causing us to look down, but we lack but little of God. He's calling us to look up, to know who we are, and, because knowing who we focus on will determine what we will grow and become like. For example... And that's gone on for a long time. As we've lost our sense uh, in a culture and and wandered away from the teaching of God's word, there's been a wholesale losing in our lostness of who we are. And so man looks down to the animal world. I had a friend of mine who was studying uh, at the university when I was in college and said, you know, man's nothing more than an animal. And that was very offensive to me. You know, so oh, yeah, that's it, the biblical, nomen- not the, the biological nomenclature, the the phylums and all that. Well, there's a, there's a need to organize and classify. I understand that, or we can't talk rationally. But man shares in that, but he's far more than that. He's not simply the highest animal created. Although he bears uh, uh, the same anatomical type of things that are needed to live in this environment, he is that, but he is much more than that. He is made with with a uniqueness about it. B.F. Skinner knew something of the Bible. He taught at Harvard for years and years. He wrote a book called Beyond uh, Freedom and Dignity. And uh, he was the, the, the founder of the behavioral school of psychology. And he said that that man is nothing more than a sum total of nurture and nature, and that's it. You We've know, we got to get beyond this idea that man bears a uniqueness, a sacredness, a, a this image of God thing. Well, he was not right in that. And man becomes less. He shrinks. He becomes animal-like. He becomes manipulated. He becomes expendable. Think of the Third Reich. That was simply consistent. I mean, think of the horrors even of of evolutionary science. I mean, it sounds funny, but some of you may not be aware of it. This. In the 1800s with this idea of evolution and Darwinianism and all of these kind of things that were floating around robbing man of his uniqueness, man looking down at the animal world rather than up to the Lord. He's over in, 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 the, in Asia, in, uh, in, in, in Australia, hunting the aborigines. Uh, and, and he's stuffing them and sticking them in museums in New York thinking here's, the, here's the, the link between animal world and man world and they're hunting down these men and women over there. They're being simply consistent with their, with their atheistic scientists. They, they didn't even know who they were. And even to the thought that, that certain races were, were defective and diminished and more depraved and more animal-like the continent of Africa and things like that and that's evil and wicked that all humanity is of one blood whether it doesn't matter what color they are or how uh... uh, less advanced they are the aborigines is one they bear an image and a likeness of god and therefore unique and even in the womb the uniqueness of that child that's growing bears the image of god it's a unique individual and so you did make him lack but little little of god it's a bold statement we have, we have been given physical bodies like the animals, but more, God has given us spirit like angels who do not have bodies. So we sort of stand in the middle like Thomas Aquinas talked about in this created order. Bearing likeness to heaven, but a likeness to the earth. And God has crowned us with glory and honor and given us the position of ruler over his creation. That's amazing. Ruler over creation. And... Uh, and so on. I I simply make the point on that, okay, is if I I say this so you, you won't forget it. You say, well, you know, I've seen some great animals out in the wilderness, and I don't know that I I would want to meet them. You know, how'd you you like to meet a a lion out in the uh, Serengeti? A hungry lion. A very hungry lion. I don't think you'd like to do that. But man collectively can collect them, right? And have dominate over them, Right? It's called zoos. Now, it's not the other way around. Have you ever noticed that? The animals don't collect human beings and put them behind bars and in cages and all that and say, Look at this North American person here. There's a husband and wife. They've been married about 50 years now. Look at them. Somebody give them a banana. You know, like, <laughs> man rules even collectively, collects the animals so that we can see them and all that kind of thing. Man has a uniqueness, and he's given rulership over the... And we've not done very well with it because of sin. And there's only one who has done it perfectly, the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. He did it perfectly and wonderfully. Wonderfully he did. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how do you see God's glory in, in, in men and women? Joni Joni mentioned it. What else do you see in men and women that that show the glory of God in our physical makeup and in our ways? Anything? And we'll be done here. We're just about done. Paul? What? Babies? What What do you mean? Oh. Yep. Babies are a miracle. Yep. That what? Yeah, yes, that's that, that's right. Man, uh, God has given us the ability for language. Mhm. Syntax and grammar, and then we can pass that down through the generations. Right? It's phenomenal. Some of the great libraries of the world, the library in Alexandria was burned to the ground and they lost the world's knowledge for hundreds and hundreds of years. But the very fact that we're able to communicate and, and co- collaborate and, uh, and that's that's why we've made great innovations in, in science and technology and that the collaboration and communication of I know this and somebody makes a better mousetrap and I know this and that and that and that and we can speak with concrete concise concise ideas and thoughts and and so on. Man the thinker. We bear that likeness to God. It's marvelous. We live in the realm of our thinking and then we express it with our tongue. Um, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. Man the thinker. Man the expressor, Man the communicator. Yeah, phenomenal. God, uh, God does that. And, and so on. Uh, other things. Anything else? Yes, Susan? Yes, the Yeah, Yeah. Uh, God, God's love, for, uh, 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 our love for our children. You know, and I've talked to uh, families about that where um, they have children and, uh, and then all of a sudden there's another child coming and I remember talking to one husband. He wasn't sure, you know, how do you do that? How do you have love for one more without diminishing love for the other ones or the other one? And, uh, and, and the and the amazing thing is is that God gives you, if that's your station in life, and God has given you at that point—not everybody—but uh, to have that uh, that love multiplies, um, and it's an it's a, 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 an undying love, though imperfect, certainly. It's an amazing thing. Other things that you see in humanity. Yes, Dave. Yes, and that makes no rational sense for folks to give up their lives for others. Whether it's their physical life or they just, uh, they, they, they live for the benefit of others. It's a wonderful thing. It makes no sense. It's totally contrary to all the uh, wrong-isms. This man's self, selfish, you know, preservation of self, me, myself, and I. But anything else that you see? How about, the, uh, we already talked about the senses, the eyes, the hearing, the taste, the touch, smell. All smell, I could pass on that one. But, uh, but they do say that if you can't smell, you can't taste. That, that's a bummer, right? That's not true? You can't smell, can you taste? Oh good, there's hope. There's hope for all of us then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, God's glory in creation, is seen in two realms, seen in the, in the creation, shall its glory to God. But more than that, in a more unique and special way, standing in the midst of that creation on planet Earth, men and women, man the enos. Is, he looks around, he goes, like, I'm not even inspired to stand up tall. But wait a minute, hold on a second. It's almost astonishing, God is... Imported a glory and an honor, and given even his co-rulership to you and I, and you—you know—you demonstrate that in small ways and large. The very fact that you cut your grass and you garden, and you wash your windows, you're showing governorship, and fixing up the garden in your little domain in your little area, and painting a little bit here, a little bit there, and uh, and taking care of God's business. How about that? Lessons for our life. Number one, learn the lesson of this creation psalm. Look up to God, discover who you are and your place in his world. You stand in his universe as a unique being, reflecting his likeness. You are no zero, you're priceless. That is the sanctity of human life, priceless. No life expendable. Number two, consider the huge chasm Jesus crossed. Coming from heaven, God's throne to earth. Worship him with your tongues by praising him. He enjoys the praises of his people. The Bible tells us God inhabits the praises of his people. I don't know what all that that means, but it does mean that God enjoys it when we praise him. So I, I, I love to do that, and I hope you join me through the week. I love the songs that we sing here on Sunday. I carry them away and hum them and sing them all through the week. Oh my, and of our Redeemer. Number three. Remember, you share the same world as the animals, and yet you're not an animal. You're not. You stand unique as God's prince or princess, given to charge, given the charge to rule His world in the way that He's ordained. And finally, today Jesus is calling men and women to receive Him as Lord and Savior. Never know at any gathering if if everyone knows Christ the Lord is Savior, I invite you to come today, don't delay. Psalm 8, Psalm 8, man, men and women, wonderfully, wonderfully more than a zero. What a great message, oh Lord. Let's stand and be dismissed, shall we? Father, thanks so much for your word, it's so wonderful, it encourages us, it tells us who we are, what we're doing, where we're going. Thank you for your grace. Give us strength to live and serve you another week until we gather. Continue to lead us, Lord, and favor of the work of our hands. And we'll thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Good night. Good day, everybody. Not good night.